Welcome to The Impossible Podcast, as we discuss The Day of the Moon, the latest Doctor Who episode. I'm Kev Woodbridge. I'm Peter Bell. And I'm Swin Dobson. I say latest, but we're running slightly behind schedule, so uh, we've in fact had the Pirates uh, episode there since then, but we'll get onto that soon. Gives us time to digest all the details. Yeah. Think of it as like a train timetable. <laughs> yes. Yes, so we have had hopefully uh, the benefit of reflection and uh, deep thought and meditation and analysis. Not that I want to set the bar too high. <laughs> um, Is this where you ask us what we all thought of it? And I struggled yeah. with that answer. I also managed to grab some thoughts from a friend of the podcast, Aled Morgan, who has uh, featured before. So uh, we'll, we can just listen to what uh, he had to say about the opening two episodes uh, now. Uh, what did you think of the Impossible podcast and the Day of the Moon? The Impossible Astronaut, you might be. The mean. Impossible Astronaut, exactly. <laughs> must yeah. be getting confusing for uh, you. Well, too, too many impossibilities. Uh, uh, Six before breakfast. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, initial thoughts, not much really, because um, well, there didn't seem to be any monsters in it, and I kind of forgot most of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> not that memorable. No, 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 seriously. Um, yeah, I thought it was... A really good start, really good kind of just what kind of mystery at the start. I mean, they've kind of semi-killed the Doctor so many times now. I'm obviously expecting some kind of explanation, but it was very well done Mm. and not rapidly resolved. The fact that we're still waiting to find out what happens Mm. and there's still plenty of mysteries with the uh, mysterious regenerating astronaut girl and all of it. So the fact that they did resolve a part of the storyline with... The um, finishing off the silence, but there's plenty more to go. Or have they? (laughs) Or have they, yes, but they resolved that in in that story, but there's still plenty more to go. And um, I do like how they're kind of theming these series much more, Um, because there were obviously hints earlier with the Russell T. Davis with the the Bad Wolf thing, but to be honest, it kind of flew over my head and was, oh, right, Bad Wolf, oh, yeah, it does make sense, sort of at the end of the series, whereas this is much more kind of. Yes, there is a big chain. Mm. Um, again, they did it a bit more the previous series with the cracks, but it was just kind of okay. There's a crack in the wall at the end of each episode. It may mm. be significant, whereas this does feel like it might have more of a, mm-hmm. a joined-up feeling. But again, with the the more random episodes, and I do like how they linked it with the Doctor at the end, just going, you know what? I feel like an adventure. So <laughs> that kind of random thing, and then they're going to yes. bring the 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 bigger plot line. Back together. So, so have you got any theories yet about uh, what might be going on, where it might be heading, why on earth the Doctor went willingly to his his death, and all these all these kinds of things? Who might the little girl be? Oh, do you know what? There's just no actually. <laughs> Boringly enough, no. That's, oh, there's just so many kind of things it could be, and I think I suppose again with this kind of the Doctor's dead kind of thing happening having happened previously, there's so many kind of previous things that could happen, you know, it could be just some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey correct-itself thing, or it could be a, another regeneration one, or, you know, it could be I don't know, the Doctor Amy it could be, you know, any, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> not. to the Doctor Donna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully not, but uh, I'm just really hoping that it is going to be a genuine surprise. Mm, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to actually stop my brain from overworking in case <laughs> I do actually figure it out and disappoint myself. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, uh, who, who knows? Uh, there's plenty of possibilities. I think, yeah, it's uh, so much going on. It is hard to see how it all will fit fit together. There's some quite 
entertainingly mad theories doing the rounds and who knows what the feverish mind of Stephen Moffat has actually uh, dreamed up. Somehow I don't think the little girl will turn out to be the Rani or the master in drag uh, or uh, sort of um, uh, yeah uh, any of the slightly more outlandishly uh, fan backward looking uh, sort of uh, past v- villain type things. Mm. I expect it'll be something a bit, a uh, bit more, um, take uh, taking things forward than that. But yeah, well, I'm definitely uh, intrigued to see uh, where they go, and hopefully they will um, put a bit more in- info into the silence. Uh, I'm quite intrigued to see what will happen if um, if everyone's just going to spend the rest of their lives tripping over silent corpses and, and <laughs> in- immediately forgotten why they've tripped over. You know, maybe that is every time you trip over, you're actually tripping over a silent corpse and <laughs> instantly forgetting it. Maybe, maybe we never trip over anything ever. It's just those corpses and mm, who knows. And actually, I think we we were discussing before actually that that's well, okay, they've got kind of weird, creepy faces, but if they've been influencing humankind since the beginning of time since, what was it, before the fire and the wheel, then, well, actually, we've kind of done all right. (laughs) You know, okay, they're a bit creepy and weird and we forget them, but apart from killing one woman, (laughs) they they don't seem to have done that much, so... (laughs) Yeah, they don't seem to have um, uh, proven their evil credentials so far, just apart... um, uh, it's not exactly clear what they're aiming for that is so terrible, apart from the... Uh, well, we sort of know that um, with the Silence Will Fall, it's implied that they were behind trying to destroy the universe by blowing up the TARDIS. So that's pretty bad, but it's sort of still left a bit vague as to uh, how exactly they were connected with that, if, if they were, and yeah. sort of how it all fits together. But so. with how it started I'm definitely pretty hopeful that it mm. will be uh, resolved and we will get more info on them. Yeah, Muffet seems to have a plan, so... Yeah, well, you can't start an episode like that <laughs> if you haven't got a plan. Well. <laughs> it's sort of uh, sitting in a, a room uh, somewhere with the uh, script for episode 13 unwritten, rock, rocking back and forth again. How do I get myself out of this one? <laughs> sort of, I know, the petrol, it was regeneration juice. <laughs> uh, somehow I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be something much cleverer (laughs) I don't know that's that's a pretty good theory (laughs) yes but uh, I'm sure we'll all be um, sort of uh, coming up with things and the eye patch woman sort of any 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 thoughts on that that was a strange moment very weird yeah Um, again obviously well, she wasn't instantly forgotten, but yet yeah, linked to the silence. I don't know why, but it's kind of reminded me of the silence in the library episode with just people's faces randomly appearing, mm. spouting gibberish and then disappearing. But obviously it won't be linked to that, but no. Mm. It, it does seem to be these first uh, two episodes of a pretty decent plot with these. Yeah. So, and then just chucking loads of random kind of, ah, what was that? at you to keep you guessing for the rest of the series and then the doctor wrapping it up and go hmm let's find out no I can't be bothered let's go on a pirate ship <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just to keep it dragging out for a few more episodes but um, from what I've seen so far I think they'll they'll drag it out fairly well hmm Yes. Now, uh, if the Tarsus was as uh, unreliable as it used to be, this wouldn't uh, be uh, a problem. He'd be like, let's go and uh, investigate it. Whoops, we've landed on the pirate ship by mistake. Never mind. But then he would have been able to save River Pond uh, by the precision piloting of the Tardis. Yeah. Uh, either. So um, mm, you'd have. That was some pretty bad CG, I would <laughs> say. That was one of the worst falling scenes I've ever seen. <laughs> Entertaining, though. Entertaining, yes. Uh, Open the door to the swimming pool. Yes, it's nice to know that uh, the TARDIS can... You can so easily rearrange the internal furniture in a time of crisis. Yeah. 
River Song seemed actually pretty interesting in these episodes. I know mm. she's uh, not the biggest fan of the. Sort of, I think it's pretty much Swithin. Yeah, Swithin's not the biggest fan, um, no, but I think she. There definitely seemed a lot more potential in this one with her sort of opening up about you know how she first met the Doctor. Mm. I'd quite like to see that sort of you know episode of where it's flipped, where he's the really confident one and he knows everything about her. Yeah. And she Thing and he's the one walking up saying hello, sweetie, and all that. Hopefully, not that line, but <laughs> yeah, it'd be, be, be quite ironic if the doctor um, they do the story where the doctor meets River for the first uh, time and um, he sort of saunters up, uh, hello, sweetie, and she's like, Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> um, I guess it's implied that met her as a little girl, so um, probably won't be played quite like. Uh, that, but uh, certainly there's lots of potential for Moffat to have fun with the whole role reversal yeah. type thing. Yeah, I think the characterisation, you got more of a sense of her as um, sort of seeing her as a, a character rather than just her yeah. being... Cranking out one-liners. Crank, and yeah, and being all sassy and cool all the time, uh, which can be fun, but can be a bit alienating if uh, you never get the sense of uh, them as an ordinary person. Um, yeah. So, what are your um, uh, what, what are your hopes for the series ahead? And um, I'm just really hoping that they will get um, a more a sort of put together story. Really, that's. Mm. Um, Especially as they've chosen to link it to the the silence will fall cracks from the previous that yeah it will have more of a an overall meaning to it much as we do like these um, adventures to random yes. parts of of time and space that um, the series as a whole will have a story to itself mm. which I think the previous series did did manage but I think it could still be be better done rather than, like we say, just having a, a crack in the wall at the end of each episode mm. that there could be this thing of it of it driving yeah. towards somewhere. Which I suppose they did a bit with the the sort of the specials series with David Tennant, but I hope it's a bit more significant than a prophecy of doom given by a slightly psychic lady on a bus. <laughs> a pointlessly psychic lady. Apart from, oh, how can we drop up some tension? I know, let's have a go. Oh, no. Uh, but yes, uh, we won't get into bashing Planet of the Dead here. We uh, probably went slightly overboard on that one, but just watch late. Pitch Black. It's so much better. <laughs> um, yeah, Although I think with Series 5 you did also have um, other elements rather than just the crack appearing mm. that Rory got eaten, that the, the fragment of TARDIS you had um, uh, the whole uh, Amy, Rory, Doctor Triangle and sort of then the Flesh and Stone and the uh, date, the base date, date of the universe being there uh, Amy's time, so there were. It, I think it was there were more connections mm. as, as well. It was more than just the sort of let's mention uh, a, a buzzword in every uh, episode that then turns up in the finale, which was sort of what they did with Bad Wolf and Torchwood and so on. Yeah, uh, and the, I, I do like it that the storytelling is becoming more sophisticated and more joined up so yeah it's it's looking it's looking good uh, yeah definitely off to a fantastic start mm, yeah looking forward to the rest of the series and pirates yeah can't go wrong pirates and mermaids typical doctor who romp and neil gaiman and, uh, yeah and you just heard about that i mean Again, can't go wrong, surely. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, a god among geeks or a geek god. Uh, yeah, that's certainly something to look forward to. Uh, well, thank you for your thoughts. We hope to have you back on the podcast again at some point. Back over to the rest of the podcast crew. Thank you. So, thank you very much, Alad. Um, so... Yeah, what did you two think then, Peter Swithin? Um, I thought it built very well on the 
the threads that have been set up in the first episode. If you've listened to the last commentary, you'll remember that I hadn't been entirely satisfied with episode one in and of itself. Uh, I thought it started an awful lot um, and piled mystery on top of mystery, but in terms of actual storyline and narrative wasn't especially strong. I think this episode really redeemed that. It, there was an awful lot of payoff. There were some problems with the editing, uh, what appears to be the editing. I felt it was a little bit rushed, a little bit choppy in places. But uh, overall, very good episode, and I greatly enjoyed it. Um, I think the ideas it set up were better than the episode itself. Um, in actual resolution of the, of the kind of ostensible main plot line rather than the whole big picture plot line from previous it was slightly lame and the ending well was odd which ending <laughs> yes both well actually no the one before that the oh yeah let's just take off uh oh what was it that was it they're basically taking off uh, serenity with the uh, oh let's do the, the quasi river thing and twisting around killing everybody. Oh, that bit. Yeah. That wasn't his strongest moment. No, it no, wasn't. No, but I... I we'll, we'll get on to it, but I... I like the idea to set up, but as in paying off previous things, and obviously the start of the episode was slightly odd as well, mm. and you kind of have a non-narrative re- re- realisation that the cliffhanger resolution was rubbish. I missed. <laughs> okay. Um, so, let's get uh, crack on with the commentary. Uh, if you're watching along at home, press play now. 1969. So, here we are. The um, So, the Doctor's dead. Or is he? Recap. Mm. Oh, here we go. It's been hammered home to what's actually happening. <laughs> so, one of the big things was, was that uh, the cliffhanger was quite unconventional um, Amy uh, Elash shooting what turns out to be the child in the spacesuit. Uh, but now we see we've just got that here three months later yes, so cut to the desert do you think this transition worked it's a nice idea um, in contrast to the opening scenes of the previous episode which I thought dragged on a little bit and didn't advance the story Mm. here I think they've got the opposite problem things are happening too quickly it feels a little bit frantic I think they should have given these scenes a little more room to breathe because the idea that uh, Canton is rounding up the TARDIS crew and shooting them dead only to have the, the revelation of what's really going on inside Area 51 that's very nice I think that was very well played but I, I think it should have played out a little longer mm. I mean as, 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 a, as an episode starter obviously it, it's, it's quite engaging although it ends up making practically no sense yeah I, I, I think the problem is this bit here where you have the flashback um, and it, it doesn't really fill in a, a f- fill in enough mm. detail of no. how um, no. if they'd have filled it out a bit more as the episode went we're on. never told yeah how um, Rory and River managed to escape the silence in the TARDIS mm. in the tunnel hey the doctor looks like me I should just say the beard. Yes. he He's brilliant with the beard. He should keep the beard. I, I was disappointed that he didn't um, uh, say, I have a beard now. Beards are cool. Yes. He, he reminds me of, of the priest in The Island, which is a Russian film. Because mm. um, <laughs> he comments on the beard again in the uh, Pirates episode in the ne- next yeah. week, doesn't he? Because I think all this... Yeah, this is really nice. I think it's uh, a good opening it just doesn't join the dots it feels like um a few pieces i mean you can sort of uh infer what's gone on but i think it's not entirely clear how the doctor formulated the plan uh whether the site whether or exactly why was it the silence had instructed them to go after the Doctor and companions and saying being captured was something they instigated 
uh, or oh, was it entirely the doctor's plan? I wasn't quite clear, mm. uh, and it doesn't make a great deal of difference. But I just feel. And also the thing with the, with the whole building of the the amazing prison. Mm. There's no guarantee that there isn't a silence in there which you don't remember being there. Mm. So they could have locked themselves in <laughs> with one. Which again. Again, I'm finding there's a bit of a problem in just determining the time period because we know that it's 1969. But that looks nothing like night. Well, that, well, that could, but that could be any year because New York at night looks like New York at night in most cases. But the jeeps that were chasing Amy in the desert just now looked pretty modern. Yeah, I, I've entirely forgotten this is 1969. Mm. I, I do like the idea of the um, Doctor uh, being um, locked up in Area 51. That's quite a nice yes. thing. Yeah. One, question, one question, though. If the United States government has access to things like Dwarf Star Alloy yeah. and all this alien tech in Area 51, why is the... Apollo project, a thoroughly 1960s era technology, mm. technological achievement. Why aren't they using any of that alien tech to get to the moon? I have only one answer. Reasons of plot. <laughs> Reasons of plot. Yes, no, I think you're probably quite right. And building a perfect prison for the Doctor, didn't they do that last series? <laughs> Wasn't it exactly the same size and shape as well? Well, I, I, I was wondering whether they'd comment on that or whether there'd be some kind of connection. It is a cool prison though, I do like it. It is. The way it's set up is completely black, it's great. Although it does seem strange to have the uh, controls on the inside. Yes. Oh. I haven't really thought that one through. Have <laughs> I? Although presumably if, if, it's, if it, it might be biometric or something. Yeah. yeah Canton. Here's my next question. Canton's clearly not killed them. He's just shot them with blanks. <laughs> Wouldn't the other agents be slightly suspicious that there were no bullet wounds? Or blood? Um, or anything? Maybe he's a member of Men in Black. Maybe. Maybe. But still, if, if, he think, if, if his men think he's on a mission to kill these people... Notice the doctor opening the TARDIS doors with a snap of his I was thinking, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all going back to the size of the library. I missed that. I, I, I couldn't remember if he'd done it beforehand. Before this week, um, I, remember, I definitely. <laughs> I quite like that bit. Yeah, yeah that was the nice. River Song swan dive into the swimming pool. They're going to keep teasing us with the swimming pool, aren't they? We're never going to see it. <laughs> Apparently, uh, according to the latest Look Two magazine, they were going to have a scene in of Amy Pond in the TARDIS swimming pool, but it got cut because of reasons of budget and her not being able to swim. Mm. <laughs> I love this shot. Out on uh, the Merritt Island launch site at Cape Kennedy, mm. with the vehicle construction building in the background, that looked fantastic. Talking about female companions in swimming pools, though, I don't think it matters with Nicola Bryant. I don't know if she could swim. But I didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they just, yeah. John Nathan Turner might have been standing ready with a big net to drag her mm. out. As long as the game was covered, as long as he got the shot, that was fine. Yeah, it's interesting though with um, the Doctor mentioning um, Neil Armstrong's foot. It seems that he's already got uh, the plan to use that broadcast yeah. in mind. So it turns out to be awfully convenient later that the silence should be so obliging as to say, you should kill us all on sight. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Now we've got the haunted house bit with the orphanage. I quite like this pairing of uh, Amy and Canton as a pair of agents investigating mm. the orphanage. What did you guys think of these uh, bugs implanted in their palms? Handy as a plot device, but I didn't quite buy it. I don't know about you. It, it, it's a fairly similar morphic plot device to some of the other stuff like the um, he likes using recordings and mm. uh, the whole science in the library things with the mm. with the ghosting yeah. and all that kind of thing 
I mean, I can, I can understand the, some of the logic potentially of it, but I don't think they were necessarily executed that well. Because I, I, I think they get used uh, quite well. I think what's interesting is we'll see that we get parts of the story from the character's point of view in that you don't see the silence, you have things happening as they would have remembered it, which is an interesting um, narrative decision. Now, but here the Doctor's mentioning things in the corner of your eyes and voices coming through the wall, which puts me very much in mind of the 11th hour, mm. when he first arrives, arrives in Amy's house. Ah, at one point as well, mm. is there any reason why the silence couldn't be in the TARDIS? Presumably not. Yeah. Well, presumably they'd. Well, this again. Helen brought this point up. It's they're not invisible. No, 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 they're not. You just forget. But is there any reason why they couldn't be there? Because they seem to be pretty much omnipresent. But they, they seem to be all over the place. They could be, but we haven't seen it. No, yet. but it was, I mean, obviously, he could just not realise it. But just as in the whole. I, Actually, in the teaser trailer they did, they had a shot, I think, of the Doctor in the Tardis, and in half of... They showed it on uh, half of the time with a silence in the background, and half of the time uh, with one not in there, so that... It could. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that will be something that happens at mm. some point mm. in the story. No, but it's just as though they, they kind of treat the TARDIS as a safe place to this, determine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Determine things, and so that. We've had some shots of the scanner in the background. Have they used it so far this series? The scanner. Yeah. No. No, they still seem to be resorting to just walking out of the doors. Which is more immediate and autism straight into the action of course because when, when they had this I thought they were going to actually reveal that there was a silent in the TARDIS mm. it is just the hologram we've been talking well, they've been talking about the silence um, filtering their way through human society and shaping it yeah. and changing it and directing it is that necessarily a bad thing well, are they directly responsible for bad things happening? Well, I, I think this is one of the issues I had with this episode, is that because it's left as a mystery what the silence are actually up to, we don't actually know that what they're doing is so bad. Um, uh, and I feel that considering you get the whole kill them all thing mm. message given out. It doesn't quite feel as if we've got enough information to no. know that that's justified. Do we assume that we'll be seeing more of the silence later in the series then? I, I think that's yeah. pretty much enough. I, I, I think they're quite a handy device to appear at random points during certain episodes or the, towards the end they just kind of appear and yeah. then everyone forgets and then they, it cuts away or something. Yeah. We know there's at least one uh, still alive in modern day Utah because Amy saw it just yeah. before the Doctor was killed. Yeah, that's true. I thought this chap was good. Yeah, he, yeah he's got the caretaker or owner all, of the. All very gothic. Mm. Oh, very much so. Although, but again, it doesn't really give you a sense of place. It doesn't feel like 1960s America, particularly. Mm. Well, that, that, the car could have been an 8 9 from the 1980s. They bet. Well, I'm the but the design barely changed. Mm. We've got a Lincoln. Yeah, it could have been from Lincoln from the eighties. This sorry. While it, while it, this this whole sequence inside the orphanage, while it is very creepy and beautifully shot and beautifully lit, and I love the flickering lights oh, yeah. and the lightning. Why are you saying? It is effectively the standard Doctor Who creepy old house, isn't it? James James pointed that remin- uh, it's similar to Twenty Eight Days Later. This yes. set in here, yes, that's very true. Uh, which I haven't seen for absolutely ages, but I've not seen it. Don't bother. Ah. Oh, oh, very, very good indeed. Twenty-eight days. <sighs> I just find it. The second dull. half doesn't quite live up to the first. Ah, uh, oh, rocking horse. Hmm. I've got shots of this in the trailer of Amy alone. Something creepy. Yes. It, 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 it's it's kind of the blink stuff, but <laughs> wrapped up a bit more. <laughs> Yes, yes, the blink on steroids, isn't it? Pretty much. Mm. 
Blue lighting again. Yes. And green lights. Look. Yeah, green. Not the uh, Russell T. Davis legacy continues <laughs> with green lights. Just on the side, the cinematography in these two episodes are probably the best in any Doctor Who episodes I've seen. Yes, they are super. Um, I love, love this reveal here. <laughs> There's the Doctor in the command service module at the top of the Apollo 11 rocket. And that's a beautiful shot where it pans oh, out there. He's nice. He's put together yeah. very well. Yeah. I, I'm glad you know all the correct terms. <laughs> uh, You've been researching it, haven't I you? I have been. It's Columbia is the call sign given to the command and service module. And Eagle, of course, was the uh, lunar module. And it's a Saturn V rocket that they used to launch it. You'll be glad to hear. Oh, oh creepy, <laughs> creep, creepy message for her. Now, how long is she in here for? Or well, it's hard to judge, isn't it? Because we're seeing it from her point of view with yeah. her missing memories, and so presumably it's it's a little, it's quite some time. Yeah, we should. <laughs> You do think she should start carrying a bit of paper or something instead of <laughs> scribbling over her face. There above you. That was quite cool. This I was nice, yes. That is quite creepy and sort of insect-like. But again, I'm sure... Well, this is partially lifted from The Lost Boys. Uh, and I'm sure that copied it from something else. So it's continuing, continuing the great Doctor Who tradition of pinching your scariest bits from yeah, existing movies. <laughs> as long as they pick from the best, we <laughs> yes. really mind. Talent borrows, genius steals, Doctor Who writers get it off the back of a truck, no questions asked. Oh, this is a familiar lecture theatre. Yeah, We've been there, uh, haven't we? Yes, there was a yeah. large chemistry lecture theatre in Cardiff University's main building. We had the uh, Doctor Who conference. Yes, yeah. uh, Universal Appeal. Yeah. So, uh, Which we oh, will one day podcast, we promise. Oh yes, we have an archive, don't we? Um, we've sat at the front... Uh, in that place, yeah. in, a, um, in the presence Rob, of yeah. Rob Sherman, Rob Sherman. Uh, me and Barney, uh, Barnaby Edwards, my mate Barney, one man and his Dalek. Yeah, um, yeah, it's strange. I've had uh, loads of uh, lectures in their university as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> they must have employed somebody in the BBC set department to scribble all of these bits and pieces yeah. on the yeah, blackboard. <laughs> that. that looks quite impressive. They wouldn't have got any of the lecturers to do that because they'd be incomprehensible if they did. No. <laughs> I'm quite certain if they had caught somebody breaking into uh, the command and service module on the eve of the Apollo 11 launch, they would have had them in a cell somewhere surrounded by military police. There is one guard there, but... Uh, they could well have put a bullet in him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I, I, I am liking them being in costume and they uh, sort of... In pe- yes. periodish yeah. dress, and Amy as well looking smart in a suit. Mm. See, I thought this this sort of thing is far more effective. Where they're actually playing a role, it's far more effective than say Amy just dressing up in pirate togs <laughs> for the look of it in next week's episode. Mm. That, and it is nice bringing Nixon back into it. Yeah. It just raised the question of if the. Um, CIA have been turned against mm-hmm. them. Uh, why not? Uh, if, if if the silence considered them a threat, why the silence hadn't whispered in uh, his ear, don't trust uh, the doctor. Yeah. Thing. I do just need to give a sh- uh, shout out to Arthur Darville, that scene there where he salutes yeah. the NASA officials and they almost salute back but not quite that was brilliant I think that's the best joke of the opening two episodes that was great yeah. just got Royce do awkward things here's the um oh we just had the guy muttering away again yeah. oh oh is this is this the appearance of David Bowie from the 80s isn't this, it? this is the Twin Peaks moment no it's David Bowie that yeah. is David Bowie from the 80s <laughs> guaranteed it's going to be. It looks a bit like an older river song. Yeah. And the whole she's string. I mean, considering that the universe was uh, brought back into existence from Amy's memories. Yes. I wonder whether it could be connected with that. Her 
her dreams, her yes. memories. Because mm-hmm. that's quite obviously another level of reality impinging on this one, isn't it? Whether, yes. it's, whether this is a dream or a madness or the one our man. sort of alternative. Because I'm, I'm wondering, because it talks about how uh, later on the science will say that tell Amy she is the bringer of the silence, and I wonder whether the that... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, uh, I'm wondering whether the silence was some dark part of her psyche that were brought into existence when... Uh, the universe was ah. created out of her fears or something. That would that could work. That could make a lot of sense. Possibly. And here we have um, the picture of Amy and a baby. Yes. Is it her baby? No. Is it the girl? It's the demon child. Whilst we're on the subject of. Series 6 conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, there's been some discussion as to where the future Doctor's TARDIS was and why we don't see oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. My idea is that it's at the bottom of the lake and that it's actually the Doctor himself in the spacesuit who comes out and kills himself for some reason. If it's, and if it's not the Doctor, I believe it'll be Amy inside the suit. I didn't mean to shoot. Um, but I, I think... S- I Super Moffat said in Doctor Who magazine that someone uh, the Doctor knows ah, and right. that you'll ha- definitely have theories on who it is by halfway through the series. Okay. But uh, there's uh, twists and turns and not to trust anything you work out for yourself. Right. But here we've got... Again, um... We've got the silences and silence and the girl in the spacesuit. That was an effectively creepy little scene. Mm. Who's on the other side here? It's interesting we don't see them. I'm wondering, we're we're assuming it's a silence. But uh, I'm wondering whether it'll be one of those tricky Stephen Moffat moments that turn out to be something else. Mm. Yeah. It's some time agent or some description. What are you? It, it, it is nice how um, tall they are. Mm. Yes, no, really. you're everywhere. They are quite an effective monster. Yeah, until. Until they start talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it all falls apart. When they cease to be silent. Yes. So I, it could have been more effective if they spoke through other people. But uh, I think we'll see that well, in, in the Neil Gaiman episode. That, that's a Moffat trope, is think speaking through other people, like Angel Bob. Yeah. Mm. Moffat seems to like the word thing almost as much as Aaron Sorkin. Because uh, <laughs> if you notice that in the West Wing, you often have them talking about thing and oh, it's a thing. And, yeah. Uh, and you get that in Moffat's dialogue a lot. Uh, it's a thing, a thing in progress. Don't diss the thing. It's a bit from the cameo from John Carpenter. Then yeah. tears the little girl out of the space and escaped from the suit. Childhood. Yeah. Interesting that the bullet hole has disappeared from the visor. Yes, because it. It is described as self-repairing the suit, mm. but it's uh, had that hole for three months now. So it's yeah, so it's a very bit, suddenly bit, self-repaired. Bit. How did they do that, Doctor? Oh, it's just a if you're playing Moffat Bingo at home, by the way, you can tick off the slightly creepy voice speaking to our characters through some remote communication device. <laughs> <device. laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we should do that, Moffat Bingo card. I, I have been plotting a Moffat Bingo card. Uh, we'll see if we can get something up on the blog for you. We'll have to think of a prize to give people. What can we give people as a prize? You always give me, Doctor. Hmm, I don't know. A fez? A fez, yes. I am coming. There you go, we're going to put a light on fez. We're going to light it up. Yes. 
moment here. I, I did, did, did you did you like this this bit? I, I, I like what they do with Rory's character. Um, I think they give him more to do, and mm. I think that's good. And I like the scene coming up where they discuss his memories of being a Roman soldier. Yes. I, I do think they drag out the heartache a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, you've just designed this thing just for purposes of plot and pulling... Well, I tended to pull strings on me. I don't have any strings. I'm all stone, so. But um, <laughs> it, I, I just found it really, really quite grating for that long a period. I mean, a lot of we've tried to do with Rory, but Amy seems to have gone terribly weepy and quiet for reasons of plot rather than reasons of character. She's pregnant. She would normally, be, she would normally be uh, quite defiant and a little bit gobby. I would have thought. Oh, well, she go. is more copy when she... Yeah. Oh, we've got the whole... The reveal. Silence. Yeah. Silence. Uh, uh, how did the vampires of Venice run from the silence if they couldn't remember they were there? Well, by the end of the episode, the Doctor and Co. seem to remember, so mm. it seems that enough prolonged uh, contact with them and leaving yourself enough clues and things does allow you to know that there's something going on and remember the name even if you can't remember the details. <laughs> this is a good moment. They, they I do like the fact that they play the, the anthem every, yeah, whenever, whenever he steps out of the... I do, quite, the shot. I do quite like Nixon. He was quite entertaining. Do you think he'd make a good companion? <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, dear. <laughs> well, if, if they had more episodes set in America, then it, it could be that they could just wheel him out with the turtles. Oh, no, no, I, I want to see Nixon on a pirate ship. <laughs> I want to see him haggling with the captain. Now, you see, this should be one of the big dramatic moments where Apollo 11 lifts off, and I don't think they make enough of it. They're, yeah, probably could have a CG shot of that, surely. Well, not even that. I mean, there's enough archive footage that they could yeah. use, plenty of the real stuff. But it's almost... It's mentioned that it's happening, mm. but it's not focused on it. Instead, once again, we're in a darkened warehouse <laughs> that could be anywhere at any time. That's not a complaint. I like what they're doing in the darkened warehouse. Uh, yeah. The Doctor examining the blue envelope. Mm. Uh, another question. We're told that the silence need that we're told that the silence are meddling with the space program because they need um, an atmospheric pressure suit. Why then isn't this story set in the Soviet Union where pressure suits were first developed? <laughs> now I know that the uh, I'm working on the assumption that the Apollo pressure suit is slightly different to a normal spacewalk suit because it is it's designed walking around on the lunar surface and they obviously need something to walk around on a planetary surface but, but again, still it yeah. does seem though really quite odd considering where we see the silence revealed with the uh, Lodger-esque TARDIS that their technology is somewhat more advanced than their a simple well, pressure suit. Well, the thing the thing is, we, is we're told that they're parasites, hmm, and they don't use any of their own technology. Yeah, and so and so the we, tar- we assume the, the TARDIS tar- isn't theirs. Yeah, but yeah, they, but they don't seem to be stupid. No, no. Have you seen their hands? How good do you think they are at uh, <laughs> manipulating things? <laughs> well, on, on, on that basis, the Daleks would never have got anywhere at all, would they? <laughs> Unless the universe badly needs that's, plumbers. Well, that, that, that's why they use human slaves. Yeah. Oh, here's it. I think a proper full screen version of this could have been a bit better. Yes. Rather yes. than just watching it on a TV. It would have had a, a bit TV. more drama, wouldn't it? Yeah. Couldn't have done a bit of sound remixing and stuff on it. I mean, they do give it some. Marie called Welly. <laughs> yeah. Someone's already been treating it. Yeah. You've been treating it. Jefferson, though, this thing is here. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Sorry. Whoops. Exactly. 
So we've got the whole forgetting thing again. Mm. Yeah. To reinforce the forgetness bit. Yeah. It's quite funny him with a pink video. Maybe that's a hint for the uh, the last lo- one of the last lines. Oh uh, yeah. I uh, see. Rumbled. <laughs> Rumbled. In the future, all gay men will be issued with pink video. <laughs> It's like the Star of David for the Jews. <laughs> so that's starting to sound slightly sinister now. So <laughs> I guess. So you've got the whole thing of him asking what we should do to <laughs> Why yeah. would he say that? It does just, just seem a bit too convenient, doesn't it? Because, I mean... Uh, you do have him asking what we should do with you, and there's the sort of poetic justice uh, vocal motif of saying uh, them being asked for what should happen to this person, and ah, so shall it be done to you type mm. uh, thing. It's playing off that, but yeah, it does feel slightly awkward. It's a slight controls. As is this with the whole yeah. thing being faced, so you're not sure that it's the Doctor or Rory being referred mm. to. I see this is it. the way it's phrased, it, it should more properly be the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, stupid face and fell out of the sky into her life. Well, there aren't many men who've done that. So the revelation later on that it's just a turn of phrase and she's actually talking about Rory. It's hmm, it's really stretching a point, I think. Also, what's also slightly odd is if you go back to Eleventh Hour, Rory's portrayed is really, really dull in that episode, and her life um, is really boring I'm, I'm up until sure, the Doctor I'm, appears and livens it up. I, I'm not yeah. sure he's portrayed as really dull because he's like um, the, he's already investigating um, the whole thing with the people in the coma and stuff. Yeah, he does show some initiative. But yeah, she doesn't but, care. But that's, that's what I'm trying to think is she's not that emotionally, seemingly emotionally engaged. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's thick, but he doesn't seem particularly, I don't know, he doesn't a have charismatic. Charisma. No, yeah, I was going to say he doesn't have charisma. But he can still have charm without charisma. He's yeah, but charm. Just, just, in, just in juxtaposition between what's been said now and then, go back to 11th hour, you would suggest it was man on the right. Yeah. It is nice to have a quiet Dr. Rory moment, mm. though. And I'm quite glad that uh, Moffat and the director just allowed this scene room to breathe. Yeah. It's nicely paced. And, and I like it that they're not forgetting that Rory spent 2,000 years as a yes. Roman soldier guarding the Pandora. Te- technically, he's seen more of life than the Doctor. <laughs> and just establishing that he can remember it. Mm. I'm wondering... Uh, I mean, with the whole non-pregnancy thing, I'm wondering whether it might be something like um, Rory connected with Rory and whether he's sort of half uh, auton, half human. And obviously it's only if he um, settles as human that he can have a child. Ah. And somehow it's unstable or something. Interesting thought. Um, and it's only by give it, giving up his memories of um, being a Roman or something that he... Oh, no, something's just struck me. The way that that silent was lit just then, with the light mm. falling from behind. His face looked remarkably Cyberman-like. He had the same slightly skull-like features and around the eyes. Mm. That's a remarkable question. Now, I don't think there's any actual narrative link between the uh, silent and tenuous links on the forums now. <laughs> the it, it has been speculated on from screen grabs of the silence from the trailers. Oh, has it? Um, I, I think it is just that they're both partly based on a skull. Yeah. That's obviously an archetypal scary... Mm. I'm just wondering if the makeup department actually used some of the same bits and pieces in creating the mask. And at this point, we learn that she brings a silence. Mm. Is it going to be a demon child? Or is it not? <laughs> As ever, this is pretty sure is the Lodgers' TARDIS. Yes. 
Interesting that we didn't get the standard Doctor Who black and white flashback to last season's episode just to remind us where he's seen it. Mm. Not that I'm complaining at all. I I, I did quite like the solution here. I think it was slightly clumsy getting some of the elements in place, uh, but uh, I thought the idea of using the um, space landing, something that everyone seemed to warn against the silence, that was a nice, yes, nice yeah. idea. And uh, some nice, nice flirty moments with Rupert yeah. as well. What, but what do you think of the Doctor quite liking her with the gun? Because there's been some talk that the Doctor's a bit bloodthirsty in this episode or at least hmm. not as disapproving as he usually is he doesn't uh, basically hypnotise the human race into committing genocide hmm. um, yes I'm still out on this one I'm not sure but the battle scene that ends this particular sequence yeah what is the Doctor doing with his sonic screwdriver? Is he blowing things up? Oh, I think he's silence? dispersing the e- energy builds up from their hands. I think there's a like oh, It's right. one of those bits that's really easy to miss. Ah, because I, I missed it when I first watched it. With the, with the killing of them, I, I, I don't really care if they deserve to be killed. I don't really have a problem with it. It's just somewhat of the inconsistency with uh, everything mm. you know he well, seems not to want to kill him oh, I, I, point, I, I, no I don't think I don't think we've had we we haven't had good backgrounds for knowing that they do deserve to be killed no. because their motives are still so thing. I think yeah. that's that's I just like a bit more idea well yeah that's a, that, that's a that's a that's what I would that's Buzz Aldrin coming down the ladder by the way not Neil Armstrong is it? Yes. Because <laughs> Neil Armstrong is holding the camera. Oh, because he's already... He's already on. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, no, it was a cameraman. It was in the studio. Oh, there we are. <laughs> they faked it on Disney Moon. And that was it. It's true. Oh. Mm. Oh, and then we've all <laughs> forgotten. Well, have we? I like the way they intercut real archive footage of... You know, people blinking and looking slightly nonplussed <laughs> in with the actual actors. Mm. We're told by the Doctor that uh, the only reason the moon landings happened is because the silence needed a pressure suit. Uh, and so the Doctor asks, why do you think the moon landing suddenly happened? Well, it didn't suddenly happen. <laughs> there were decades of build-up to this. It didn't just... The United States didn't go to the moon on a sudden whim. Um, well, it's it in place the science have been operating a, a, a rather long game with humanity. Yeah. That's not quite how the Doctor puts it. Oh, and here we have the sub serenity ending. Spinning around, shooting people in a vaguely slow motion way. Hmm. It's not just me that may think it looks <laughs> a bit like. Oh, um, it's quite sweet, Rory and Amy. Yeah. I, 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 li- I liked it. Again, I feel the bit with Rory and Amy is nice. Yes. Again, I feel that the editing is a little bit choppy here because you can't actually tell what the Doctor's doing. And now there is that line of dialogue that you mentioned, but again, I missed it completely. Or maybe it's supposed to be slightly ambiguous. See, now they just don't feel very threatening as a monster. Because if all you have to do to defeat them is spin around and shoot at them. Oh, that's the sub fire fight, Serenity. Yes, that really is. It's not just me. And it's like the the ending, the finish on the floor as well. Mm. That's what she called. um, That's a very nice shot, though, at the end where she deactivates the gun. What's she called in Serenity, um, Firefight? River. Oh, it is, isn't it? It's River Tan. It's interesting. Um, she, uh, she refers to her old, her old fella, mm. and she shoots the silent from behind, which is interesting. She, she's not looking at it. No, but I assume that's just because it looks flash. Mm. Well, 
<laughs> so does that mean that the other characters still have these listening devices implanted in their palms through the rest of the series? Well, I'd guess that the Doctor removes them, but I don't know. Perhaps he leaves them there in case they come across the silence again. Ah. Because you can have terrific fun with that. <laughs> uh, especially if you're taking a, an EastEnders interpretation of the events. An EastEnders interpretation? I've no idea who's who's standard, so no, 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 just in general reference to who's the daddy. They would never go that. <laughs> uh, there has been some talk on uh, some of the forums of the child being uh, the doctor and Amy's child. And mm. No, they, yeah, they wouldn't they do that. Not, 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 even, not even the sleazy dark side of the doctor in his uh, 1970s silk no. bathrobe. Ten of them would have been at it like a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith is a little more gentle than that. <laughs> I, I, another, I another good Nixon moment. Yeah. I, I am very glad that they treated him. He's humorous, but without being silly. He's, they still treat him seriously. He's a lot more of a serious character than Churchill was. Yes. Especially if you consider even comparing him to the depiction of Nixon in, say, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, with that huge comedy nose. <laughs> yeah. This is a lot better. Oh, here, here it's the... Get your agenda. Yes, yes, more fat dusts off the gay agenda. Now, <laughs> <laughs> there have been a lot of speculation about this on the forums in the week running up to uh, this episode. What, what do we think of this? Um, I mean, obviously it's supposed to be a gag at, uh, at uh, Nixon's expense, isn't it? Well, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, yes, to a certain extent. I, I, I yeah, I, 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 I turn I, it into a joke. I, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure whether would would a, it. It seems a very modern issue. Yes, he's, he's foisting a very contemporary concern mm. on a period. Yeah, and I'm not. Sh- I, 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 I just felt I could see what he's doing, but I thought, well, would a gay man want? to get married as such in the 60s in that sort of way. No, if, um, you, if, you, if you think that interracial marriage between men and women was still, though legal, not openly accepted in an awful lot of American society, um, a gay man would never, especially one fairly high up in the FBI, would never in a million years... With a black man. Would never in a million years have uh, actually requested the right to no. marry... Yeah, so I thought it it was slightly, yeah, a bit too shoehorned in Mm. historically, as it were. Just that's quite a nice um, little twist moment thing with with her with a song realizing it's um, the Doctor's first kiss with her, and so probably her last kiss with him. Again, going back to the open high security prison. Yes, no guards to greet them or anything. <laughs> but it, it is interesting that because um, I had wondered why she actually went back there, uh, considering she's escaped from it uh, in the Big Bang <coughs> and stuff, yeah. and it does seem that she's driven by a sense of guilt. Oh. Some potentially slightly ambiguous dialogue. Or is it? Some more creative shots with the TARDIS set as well. Mm. We're not just seeing it from above the uh, console platform. We're seeing things from, you know, lower down angles from the stairways Mm. and things like that. It just does add to that sense of a multi-level, multifaceted They have used the TARDIS set very well in this episode. Mm. So will we... I, again, I think Amy's just. She spent the last series being casually cruel to Rory, and I think she's done it again here by not telling him yeah. that uh, she was pregnant. Hello. Mm. 
does seem odd. I mean, especially when he when she says, Doctor asks, why did you tell me first? And she responds, why do you think? Hmm. Like, is that such a no-brainer? Or... See, if we're all, ma- we're all married men here, yes, we, we if are our married. wives were pregnant and we found out that they'd told a male friend of ours <laughs> and not told <laughs> us first, would we be quite as happy with it as Rory is? <laughs> Probably not. Just as... Now, mm. at this bit here, when we see the negative, positive, negative, did we think it had come up to a decision at the end or not? No, because I, I thought it was a, in a state of flux between the two. Because you do hear, like, a final sound. Obviously, this is then contradicted by next week's episode, but... Well, it does appear her spine is pregnant as opposed to <laughs> Amy herself. Just as I say, we get to the regeneration sequence. Yes. Well, Could this woman be, um, woman be shooting Cardiff again? Dressed up. Yes, yes, hence the double yellow lines, which I'm quite sure I don't have in New York. <laughs> okay. I, I got a kind of hero's vibe from this bit. Uh, who was it? Um, when Peter Petrelli, I think, when he starts blowing up. Ah, yes. In, in like kind of the urban, urban setting, he kind of blows up. I see what you mean. Now this scene really did. Oh yeah, this was like yeah. It's like whoa, what's going on here? This, this was let's like, rewind. Hey, that's like a regenerate. Oh, it is. <laughs> this cues rewinds to other parts of the episode to try and figure it out. <laughs> Very a nice. A lot more to be told there. Oh, indeed. Mm. And next time. It does seem a bit odd that um, the child having disappeared that they do seem to forget about yeah. yes yes that's true I mean they, I, was, I think there might have been some line about the doctor saying something to effect if they'll it'll lead them to the silence if they Yes, yeah. yeah. so I felt that was a bit of a cop out at the end. They yeah. say, right, we, we, we've got all these mysteries and we know that they're quite important and uh, tied but, into the fate of humanity. But it's not but the series finale yet. Yes, shall we go off and have some completely unrelated adventures? Yes, let's do that. Although, to be fair, they'll probably get a lot towards the resolution towards the end of the series, part of the series, mm. I expect. Mm. Yes. Which will get us a bit more silence than we'd otherwise get. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll probably revisit at least some of this for the mid-series finale. Mm. I would hope so. Yeah, I think that, that'll, that'll definitely set up the last. Yeah, so there we are. So yeah, lots, lots going on, lots to speculate about. Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, no, a positive start to the series overall. Yeah, I think, I, I and think it it's... has set up a lot of nice threads, a lot of nice mysteries. Um... And again, not quite as satisfying in terms of a self-contained story mm. within its in its own right, even as a two-parter. Um, I think they could have squeezed some more in there. Um, mm. But it was yeah, certainly the most interesting start to a series oh, I yeah. think we've had. Definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think it did at times, particularly with the science, their motives and so on, sacrifice the some effectiveness of this individual story mm-hmm. knowing what's at stake exactly to the story arc of holding back that information so um, hopefully that will pay off in the long term that sort of trade off uh, it is sort of shifting the balance in favour of the story arc over the individual story mm-hmm. in this one yes. um, so uh, yeah so there are some uh, compromises involved there I think but but yes a very strong episode uh, lots of interesting um, uh, stories some nice creepy moments I think um, yeah you did feel there was a lot that could have been more developed you could have had had an entire extra episode of the three months in between of them investigating the silence almost mm, uh, yes. stuff that um, it, I think just the pace of storytelling was very fast. It did feel that some things, especially the cliffhanger resolution, did get oh, lost. Mm, yes, um, I, I assume there's a scene on a cutting room floor somewhere. Yeah. So um, whether it'll turn up as a DVD extra <laughs> at some point, but um, remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I think. There were some nice character moments of the sort that 
I think, were from the stuff that was edited out in Moffat's first series. It tended to be sort of character beats in the f- that were missed out, whereas mm. I think they kept those in. Yes. And I think that's good. I was really glad to have stuff, especially with Rory, and I think they've really helped keep uh, developing the characters. Yeah. So then, what about you? Um, yeah, I think, seeing again, it's very similar to what I thought at the beginning. Um, I obviously like the whole setup for the for the whole series as a two-parter. Does it work? It's, it's quite interesting in parts, but it. I think we've highlighted the the problem so far. Mm. Plot logic being slightly redundant in parts. Definitely resolution, so I would, I would agree with, with those. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting to see how it takes forward and how the arc story is integrated with all the other stories, because we do have the problem with an arc story is we can get away with a terrible episode if we just throw something in with the arc story for about a second, <coughs> which is called blood. Rory's <coughs> death. Yeah. Cough, cough. Mm. <laughs> which, yeah, I, th- I think you did get a bit of that with the Silurian story, which was fairly, um, not exactly bad, but just a bit bland, uh, but lifted by the sort of arc elements. Mm. Bland and overly worthy in parts as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, particularly grating. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, uh, lots, lots to enjoy, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing where Moffat uh, takes it over the course of the series. Oh, very much so. So, I think that wraps us up. Yes, yeah, pretty much. But uh, do join us for our next edition, which will be The Curse of the Black Spot. Yep. And don't forget to check out our back catalogue if you get a chance. We've got loads of podcasts if you like these. Yes, and please do find us on Twitter or Facebook and let us know what you think. And on the blog, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com and you can subscribe on iTunes or whatever your podcast capture of choice happens to be. Please tune in. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Impossible.